Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Just want to jump in here. This is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is actually going to be a the audio uh, recording from a Facebook Live that our team is doing every single day, Monday through Friday um, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time in our Facebook private group. You can get in that group at teachbettergroup.com or uh, go on to Facebook and just search Teach Better Team. You'll see our page and then you'll see the group get in there. So here we go, a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk pulled from one of our Facebook Live videos in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. Hope you enjoy. John, thanks for jumping in with us here uh, for uh, one of our morning daily drop-ins that we are now doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday every week for you, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central Time, and you can continue to convert whatever time zone you're in. Um, John and I are both in eight in Eastern Time, so that's all I need to speak in, right? Uh, so these are happening every single uh, day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and then these are taken... Uh, the audio is put, being put onto the Teach Better Talk podcast channel, and then we, of course, are throwing this on YouTube as well. So if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening on the Teach Better Talk podcast, just so you know, obviously, this has been pre-recorded, and the best way to get in the conversation and ask some of our guests uh, questions and converse with other people that are in here is to get into the Facebook group at teachbettergroup.com or search Teach Better Team on Facebook to get there. So I got some people saying good morning. I got to pull up my, my phone here so I can see everyone that's going on here. I think Dave Schmidt's in there. Brianne, good morning, Dave. Good morning. Uh, always awesome to see both of you in here. They're always super early to jump in and stuff. So, um, Amanda, good morning. John, super excited to have you on, man. I, I'm, uh, I'm. We were already talking. I totally love your background and the 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 uh, the, the design you have with your your wood back there and stuff. But uh, I wanted to thank you again for jumping on. We've been connected for quite a while. I think in a few different ways, but. Uh, a big one is on a, an educational podcaster's Foxer group where we do a lot of sharing back right. and forth and stuff. I think we're in a YouTube one too together, um, which obviously you're, you're incredible on YouTube. You have so many videos and uh, tutorials. You have some incredible courses that are online um, and you do a ton of work with just technology in general, a lot of work with Chromebooks, with, with Google, with certification, the list goes on and on and on. So if you're watching right now and you're looking, you have questions about anything related to that and the work that John does, please throw them in there so he can, he can talk to that and maybe speak directly to anything that you have related to Chromebooks, related to using technology, related to shifting from using tech in the classroom to now using tech to be a classroom, um, all that type of stuff. So, uh, Brianne, it's Brianne's birthday uh today happy birthday oh happy birthday brand it's my birthday teach better birthday i i love it so happy birthday hi kelly kelly says hi jeff hi john you both are making such a positive impact in education especially during current situation thank you kelly appreciate that uh good morning joe good to see you uh jeff kaplan's awake down in atlanta good to see you jeff are you jeff let me know comment are you out of quarantine jeff was on a cruise ship like right before everything hit oh gosh and they got home and they were able to get off and they were fine but him and his wife were, were self-quarantined i think they're out by now but i'm not sure so it'd be interesting anyway so john I, I i just rattled off some nonsense about what i understand about everything about you but you're going to say it much better to me so for those that are that are listening that are watching that are participating right now that don't know you maybe this is the first time they're being connected to you can you give us sort of the the rundown of of who you are what you do and and what you're passionate about yeah absolutely jeff thanks for having me on it's great to be here connect with your community 
Uh, I taught high school science in the Detroit area. So I live in Michigan, uh, which is uh, unfortunately becoming the uh, kind of third tier hotbed of uh, the coronavirus. Mm. So we're hunkered down pretty good here. Um, taught right outside of Detroit um, in the Southfield for five years, high school science. And so I, I'm the generation of teachers who started teaching, began teaching right in between like different worlds. Um, so when I was in the classroom, you know, my school had a computer lab and, mm. <laughs> you know, technology was a thing you did once a semester, something like that. It, right, it was, right. it, oh, hey, make sure you do this at some point. And everybody yeah. had their perfectly honed lesson that, you know, was great every time. Well, then my school started handing out some iPads and, you know, testing some various things. And I was very eager to do that. And so very rapidly in the span of a couple of years, technology went from something you just kind of did whenever you felt like it to now every single kid has an iPad in their hands and that transition. And mm -hmm. I embraced it. You know, for me as a new teacher, I had to decide if I was going to create, I had no material. So I had to decide, am I going to create paper resources that I'm going to print and I'm going to spend my, you know, prep time in the copy room or am I going to go digital? And I picked digital. Um, and so that's kind of been what I've done ever since, uh, just yeah. using technology as the tool for my classroom. And, uh, did that in my school, did it for fun, did it, uh, best thing I ever did was start a blog. Uh, started that blog in uh, 2007, I think, and just wrote about what I did in my class. I mean, it wasn't anything fancy. It just, whatever I was doing, whether it was good or bad. And, um, uh, one day a school called me up and said, Hey, we really like some of the things you're doing. Can you come and share some of this with, uh, with our teachers and we'll pay you. I was like, you pay, <laughs> you pay people to do this. Like you just pay people to come and like tell what they're doing in their classroom. This is amazing. I mean, I think I charged them something like $250 or something insane. Probably spent 20 hours of prep for that, <laughs> that day. But, uh, I was hooked. I accidentally discovered how much I enjoyed teaching teachers about technology and, you know, pedagogy with technology as, um, kind of the tool and, uh, the rest is kind of history. So, um, continued teaching. I actually ran an online school for three years. I was director of online learning. Um, and then ultimately uh, became a technology integration specialist consultant, um, working um, specifically with Google tools. So uh, mm -hmm. Chromebooks are my thing. Um, G Suite, uh, the whole the whole uh, uh, suite of tools. So I know a lot about a little tiny bit. So as long as you ask me about that little tiny bit, I can help you. I love it. That's great. Uh, so Kaplan, Jeff said they got out of quarantine yesterday. So that's good. Uh, they closed their schools yesterday too for good. Yeah. Atlanta, uh, Georgia has been, is one of the States that hasn't done like a statewide lockdown. So it looks like some of the schools are still doing there. Good morning from Guadalajara, uh, Mexico. That's uh, Tammy. Yep. Tammy checking in there. Good morning, Ray. Good to see you. Mark Heller's on with us. Good morning, everyone. Morning, Gargus. Getting miles in while listening and teach better. That's awesome. Um, who's this saying they need coffee? Oh, that's Tammy saying that she needs coffee. So, so far, it's not brewing itself. Got, got mine, yeah, we were. Uh, I actually sent sent John to Blank, and I'm like, hey, I'll be there in a few minutes. I got to go get fresh coffee. So, uh, so if you need to take a step away, go ahead, Tammy. Then come back and get to us. We're, we, we understand. We get it. Jeff, so, I would really like to know, though, are – 
are, would you consider yourself a coffee snob? Are you? Okay? No, 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 no. Whatever's no. in the pot, just could you just drink. Yeah, I'll probably be okay quantity with quantity over quality. Yeah, I mean, I I have the ones that I like, um, and, and you know that I like better than others. Uh, you know, I, I do a lot of work, you know, using Panera's at my as my office. I'm not a fan of Panera coffee. Me neither. Um, I, I hate. I, don't I, I like, and then with Starbucks, like I like their coffee better than Panera, but I really don't like their coffee unless I've got some cream, like a, a shot of like the sugar-free vanilla in or whatever. Then I'm okay, and I'm not a big fan of just how they brew their coffee don't ask me why right. so maybe in that way i am i actually used to run a coffee shop um oddly enough i ran a caribou coffee for several oh, yeah. years and uh it was weird because actually at that point i didn't like coffee i actually hated coffee um but now i look back and i'm like oh yeah i know a lot about it and stuff so uh, got wiser uh, yeah i i didn't like coffee at the time but i could actually taste a, a dixie cup of coffee and tell you pretty accurately when it was brewed and describe like all the, the Gary V of coffee. But now, but now I'm like, I don't care if it's in my cup. I'll put a little, you know, I like a little bit of cream. Um, right, and a lot of times it's some vanilla, but uh, I do, I do Keurig and I get some flavors and stuff. So are you, are you a snob or are you? I'm trying to be, I'm You're trying, trying. To be. <laughs> You're trying so to be a snob. Definitely gotta be fresh ground. Um, I like strong coffee. And then for Christmas, I got an espresso machine. So oh, nice. I'm playing around with that. So this is nice. a, a double Americano, Ooh, double shot Americano. Um, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's good. I've been drinking a lot of coffee, man. I mean, this quarantine is not good for my <laughs> caffeine intake. Me, me neither. I've upped it. Um, so I, I agree there. So, uh, oh, okay. Kaplan says that uh, Georgia is now on statewide lockdown, so that must be new. Um, um, I've got. I'm from India. I'm an English teacher. I've been following your wonderful sessions. Thank you. Uh, if I'm saying your name is a heart. Hari, I think it may be Hari is how he says it. Alex, good morning, buddy. Good to see you here. Ray's always got to be the wisecracker there. He says he's not a snob, or he is. He's a snob, but not about coffee. Thanks, Ray. Right now, Ray is a coffee snob. That's I'm just gonna give her that. Like, we'll be at a you know at a conference, a hotel, or somewhere, and like they have free coffee, and it's not bad coffee. I mean, it's you know it's hotel coffee, but it's not bad. She's like, nope. There's a Starbucks 48 minutes away. We're going. Uh, so that's how she <laughs> works. So, uh, Joe was a Starbucks barista before uh, became a teacher. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Tammy, they've got an espresso machine. Don't worry. We recycle the capsules. I try to do that as best I can too. Um, Veronica, good morning. Alex doesn't drink coffee or tea. Water is the best. Cherry Coke or Dr. Pepper if needed. All right. I get it. I actually don't do any soda at all. So. Yeah, um, I made the choice too. I was, uh, when I was in college, I was like, "Got to pick coffee or soda. Got to pick one." Wow! So you did with that. So I've, I've had my. I went a long time without it. Then I fell fell off the wagon, and I and I was back to soda for a while, and then I've been off for a long time now too. And yeah, no. I just feel better when I don't have that. But I mean, to each their own. Like it is whatever it is. So, yep. So th this is not a um a drop in session about coffee, although it kind of is right now. Could be, could I appreciate, appreciate everyone jumping in on that. So that's awesome. Um. Curious now, so 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 I know we were talking before. Um, you know, with all the videos you have, of course, everything like that you have, you've seen a spike in the activity around your things and everything oh, that's going yeah. on virtually, right? Crazy. So, I, I I'm a, I'm guessing um, that you've also had a spike a spike in how often you're, you're speaking with teachers and addressing issues and and helping them through things. So, curious to know what are the most common things you're getting right now, whether it's concerns, challenges, or looking for tips for X Y Z or whatever from teachers and or districts that you're you've either been you've done work with or you're doing work now like what's the most common things that are popping up for you right now yeah there's probably two or three um big ones that are coming on i mean in general obviously 
teachers who signed up to teach in a class with students in the room are now being faced with the reality of online instruction. And, yeah. you know, these people were not prepared. They did not pick this. This was not yes. their choice. And so you just have the general concern of like, how do I do this? Yeah. Um, but that's quickly gone into uh, maybe say three very, very specific things. So um, I have been doing a lot of work and support around um, using Google Meet and, you know, creating mm -hmm. uh, space for live sessions like this. Um, you know, Meet versus Zoom is the big um, conversation right now. Honestly, I don't really have a strong opinion. I'm the Google guy. I do Google Meet. So sure. I, I don't really know enough about Zoom to tell you it's terrible. I just I use Google and I so that's what I use. Um so a lot of just tips and instruction on running live sessions, you know, in my career as tech integration, like you, I mean, we, I run these kinds of sessions all the time. Mm -hmm. And so there is a skill, there is um, some tips and best practices for running a live session. Mm -hmm. um, you're actually doing a great job. You know, this is exactly what I do, you know, you know, schedule your meeting to start at a certain time, but then wait 10 minutes before you actually start the content because invariably people have technical issues, they get in late. And so if you yep. start right on time, you got people who miss half the content anyway. So, um, you know, doing that, you know, greeting people, you know, using that uh, time as a, a connection time. Um, so just working through a lot of that. I think a few of your um, uh, teachers in here have seen my videos on Google Meet, so mm -hmm. you know, office hours and stuff. So a lot of conversations on that. Math teachers have uh, been asking a lot of uh, questions about connecting document cameras specifically to Chromebooks. And then, you know, how do I mirror my image and, and you mm -hmm. know, write and math is tough. I saw a teacher, this is just a Facebook post teacher who set up their computer in their bathroom and used their um, shower inset as a whiteboard. So like the, the, the shower uh, plastic, you can write on it with a dry erase marker because <laughs> yeah. she had to do a, a makeshift uh, whiteboard at home. So teachers are getting creative, but yeah. live sessions has been a, a major, uh, major topic. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, some technical and security safety issues around, the, around that as well. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I want to get a few more here. Uh, good morning, Kimberly. Thanks for checking in with us. Cap uh, on said he's heard Jeff said, and we have heard this has been really cool for us. Is you know, one of the things that we train on is a grid method that it's made this transition easier. Um, but I think in something you kind of touched on, and that I, we talked, and so we got I can't remember what, what episode it is. Upcoming episode of Teach Better Talk, we have Stacy uh, Roshan on mm -hmm. um, tech like you know tech from the heart, uh, fellow DBC author, and she does a really great job of explaining this. She does better than I'm going to do right now. Is that even folks like yourself and a lot of people that you work with and like her who are tech savvy, right? They're, they're good at tech. They've implemented it, right? They use tech in their class all the time. The difference now is that you've been using tech in your classroom to enhance an instruction, right? To increase right. engagement, maybe to increase efficiency. You, weren't, you, you haven't been using it to run everything yet. Yeah. And now you have to run everything. So I think a lot of people who have that, 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 that sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? are known to be tech savvy or known to be the ed tech folks are being looked at as maybe they should be able to transition much easier or they just get it. And sometimes it's, it's not always an easy transition still, even for those people, because it's, it's using it differently and stuff. Uh, I've got a few, uh, Brianne said they've been using Google, uh, the Google meet add on with the grid view is awesome. I think that is yeah, like making it like, cause one of the uh, early on when this all started happening, people started going back and forth. One of the reason I think zoom got a big jump is because you had that, that natural grid view where you can see everyone. So you can see 30 students at once or a hundred people, whatever. 
And, but then there's this really easy add on to your Chrome that allows you to do that and meet as well. So curious. Um, so you said you didn't have a, a, an opinion back and forth. How familiar are you with zoom? And obviously you're very familiar with me, but how, how familiar are you with zoom? itself have you used it much yeah i mean when i do virtual sessions with schools um i just i use whatever platform they've adopted so i've done sessions in zoom adobe connect go to meeting webex meet um yeah. yeah i've used all of them i mean i don't know i i guess i'm a little surprised how many teachers <laughs> want to die on either of these hills i mean at the yeah. end of the day, both of them allow teachers to connect in real time. Whatever works, right? I mean, um, you know, I, I Zoom has fun features. The you know, change your background uh, with the appearance touch up. I mean, that's raise. great, but man, I don't think that's going to revolutionize your instruction. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I I don't have a strong um, opinion. I mean, right now, Zoom is just just getting crushed oh they are yeah i was I reading mean, i read like six articles this morning there's and that's the issue is like they were a this sort of this it was one of many that were out there and some businesses used it but not a lot of people had heard about it and then they just exploded which is you know great for them business-wise but with that comes scrutiny yep and i think it's more you know google's had that all along so they've always had to deal with that they've been ready for uh, zoom doesn't appear to have been ready for the scrutiny right. that comes with it and i do i think this morning they announced they're doing like they're doing a freeze on features and stuff for a bit while they figure out a lot of stuff you know one of their big hits and i'm not sure if you read about it is like their end-to-end -end encryption that isn't right. really end-to-end -end encryption and stuff which is interesting with words yes i read that yes they kind of redefined it but didn't tell anybody essentially so um that's been interesting but uh and that whole thing is really i think confusing and frustrating for teachers because teachers want to use zoom because of these kind of flashy features within the product mm -hmm. but administrators are saying no because of boring back-end safety and security things yeah um and to a teacher i mean they don't really care like it you can't tell the difference if your tool has end-to-end encryption or not like it's not yeah. going to change what you do but from an administrator standpoint and a legal standpoint that's really really important yeah um i've got a major district here in michigan who the teachers are really upset that they can't use zoom, but the admins are like, Hey, we don't want to get sued. Like this is a yeah. security issue. This is not a negotiable thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and it's, that's all going to depend on your, your district level and how they are looking at it and worrying or not worrying about it. So I think they're going to fix that pretty quick. Um, my guess would be that's definitely, that should be number one on their list right now. So uh, we'll see how that happens. So we have an interesting question here. So uh, Hari, who's in India, said, could you please suggest some ways to connect with my students as they are not accessible to me on the Internet? Um, I'm not I'm not sure if that means that they have zero Internet um, for you or no way to connect. But my my initial thought is, Hari, if you can't do, you know, live streams and things of that nature, you, you know, you could try doing videos and send it to them. Or you may have to focus on text uh, version of things like email and uh, or or some sort of a, a chat tool. Um, John, any thoughts for him there? I mean, that's a, that's a tough situation right now. Yeah. I mean, if it's um, zero internet, you're going to, you know, really be challenged, um, in general. So I taught online for three years, ran an online school. I am personally not a huge fan of synchronous online communication, at least required synchronous communication. Gotcha, totally yeah. fine. If you're going to do a live session, you post it and those who can can join, if you, not, want, yep. you want to recording like 
totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, the whole point of online is the release from the tyranny of the bell and the clock. Like self-paced, self-guided, right? right? I mean, Got yeah. it, yeah. Um, however, I am a huge proponent of the teacher putting their face in the course. So get your face in the course. And there's several really easy ways to do that. One of um, the easiest is to uh, just record your instructions. So using a tool like Screencastify, Loom, mm -hmm. just your webcam. Like instead of typing out your instructions for the week or the day, record a video. And just say, just like you were in class, say, hey, guys, today we're working on this. Don't forget about these things. Like just a short 30 second video lets them see you. And a uh, little tip here for teachers, way faster to record a video than it is to type out the instructions. So much <laughs> <Yeah>. faster. <laughs> um, yeah, that's for sure. Yep. So that's easy way. The other one that the teachers love, not everybody likes their actual face in there. You know, I get it. Bitmoji. So Bitmoji mm. allows you to be in the course without actually being in the course. It's not your uh, face. It's, yes, yeah. So you're putting those Bitmoji in your directions, in your Google Classroom header, and wherever you can. Um, just again, it, it online learning can quickly feel very sterile and um, bland because it's just one set of instructions. It's not personalized for the person. So putting mm. your personality, your face um, in there, I think, makes it better. Awesome. So, so talking about your, you have, you have a lot of courses that you do a lot of videos. I'm curious. I've never asked you this before of all the courses and you may not have this right at tips uh, at your fingertips. So I apologize, but of all the courses that you have up and all the videos that you do, what are the most popular things that most people hit on that they get it? Or I guess more importantly, like right now, what are the things that are really getting the uptick that you're seeing? Are there certain specific areas? Is it all around this sort of, uh, you know the video conferencing or is it something else or is anything popping up i'm curious for me it's google classroom um i mean i'm the google guy i so chromebooks classroom all the mm -hmm. the google stuff is what yeah. i do and so my classroom kickstart course which is a full course on setting up using optimizing classroom is yeah is 100 most popular yeah. right now the interesting thing i did with this course and i think it worked uh real well is i built my online course in Google Classroom. So they got to experience it as they were going through it. So, um, and I don't think all the participants necessarily realize or always appreciate it. So, <laughs> you know, they get into the course. I built the whole thing in Google Classroom um, and they're in there as a student. And so they'll invariably get frustrated like, oh, I can't find this. How do I turn something in? Yeah. And that's the point. Like sure. experiencing that as a student, it's like, oh, yeah, I should have clicked there. I should have mm -hmm. like, so they're learning it as so now I need to explain now as I'm teaching my students Correct. stuff like that. It's a great way to do it. So I want to mention for those listening, uh, Mark Heller, uh, give us an FYI admin can get free screencastify premium for teachers now to the end of 2020. Uh, Mark also said hi to Kara. Uh, so, uh, again, if you're listening on teach better talk, uh, podcast right now, this has obviously been pre-recorded. You need to jump into our Facebook group at teachbettergroup.com or search teach better team on Facebook. So you can get in here and ask questions and engage with everyone that's in here. Uh, same with, if you were watching on YouTube, make sure you come join the, the group and join the conversations. Uh, these daily droppings are happening Monday through Friday, every morning, 8 AM Eastern time, 7 AM central time. Uh, I've got the one and only John Sowash here with us chatting. Um, I'm looking at some other 
uh, things coming in here. Online teaching has made me, uh, this is Joe talking, has made me really slow down and think about what I actually want students to do. I'm learning that I talk too much in class and need to be better at instructing and giving directions. Um, I, I love the reflection, Joe. That's awesome. I think that's happening so much right now with teachers and education in general. We're reflecting and going, what is actually really important? What is the most important thing we can give our students right now? And for the last couple of weeks, it's been whole child, right? Emotional, like make sure they know we're here for them. Make sure they want to know that that the families know we're here for them. Know, make sure our staff knows that we're here for them, um, our colleagues. And now we're getting a little bit of shift to, okay, now we now that we're kind of getting settled, we're getting an idea, we know this is going to be going for a while. We do need to get back into content. We do need to start learning again. So now we're reflecting on what is actually important to be teaching. Like what do we actually need to focus on? Uh, we're canceling state testing all over the place. So like maybe the grades aren't the most important thing. Are we focusing on different things? So I love the reflection, Joe. I love the thinking back through. John, I really love your your touch on the fact that the the one of the most valuable pieces of virtual learning is the fact that it doesn't have to happen at set times, right? And actually, we just got a um, a great update from our my my both my uh, kids are in elementary school. Uh, from our principal, Mr. Arbright, who's been doing a great job during this whole thing. Um, and one of his things that he referenced several times that he's been emphasizing with his teachers and now and now with us is that it isn't while it's really important to get your kids and your family on some sort of schedule and routine just to keep the consistency and, and make sure things are happening. It doesn't have to be a normal school routine. It doesn't have to be during, during normal school hours. If you're still an essential worker or you're working from home, your hours are probably different now too because now you're juggling all these different things. I know I am. Uh, and and now I always work from home, but I have my kids home with me all day long now too. Mm -hmm. So I'm adjusting things and my wife's still essential. So she still goes to work every day. Um, and so we're adjusting things. So we're adjusting when the kids' schedule is. And I started with a very rigorous schedule, and and that didn't that didn't play well with me. I think a lot of people so, did that. <laughs> so then I, and, and it happened, right? Like we talked about that yesterday with um with Sarah Johnson about like we, we were like here's a million schedules and and agendas and things and templates, and that's great. But then like I did the same thing. I got myself so stressed about not being able to do it. And yesterday when my wife was leaving for work, she goes, "Hey, like it's okay if." We don't have a perfect school here. Like it's cool. Like they're gonna be okay. And so I took time yesterday and changed it. So I, I had my my daughter work a little bit earlier on in the day and my son later um, because she gets more excited about it. He likes the free time a little bit more. We got him on later and he did great work with no distraction down here because I wasn't down here working and stuff because they where they work is right by my office where she needs a little more of my help right. and stuff like that. So it just worked out well. So just sort of that touch and and. My son had a, a, a video check-in with his class. It was adorable to watch them all on there, the second graders. They, his face just lit up, but it was optional. It was, hey, we're going to do this. If you want to come in, great. I think almost all the class did. It was great. But it's this idea of one of the values and one of the benefits of virtual learning is the fact that it doesn't have to be that. There's also some really great skills that are potentially being learned or should be being learned right now is this self-regulation, right, and self-guidance uh, and things like that. So. Great point there. Really, really like that. So, uh, let's yeah, see. it's really, uh, it's, it's fun to, uh, hear your reflection and others do it. So we actually homeschool our kids. You do. That's right. That's a, I have, that's a great I have five point. kids. So, so for me, I'm like, Oh, look at this. Like the world is figuring this out. 
<laughs> this is great. So, so then not a ton of change for you as far as that in or because uh, no, I know you're, that's you're what people think. It, no, it's it's been very impactful. Yeah, yeah. It's been hard. I mean, you know, just because you homeschool doesn't mean you stay home all day. I mean, exactly. tons of activities, baseball, ballet, like we got all the other pieces. And so, I mean, we're feeling it just like everyone else. I mean, we don't, we don't stick home either. Um, it's uh, it's a challenge. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I know you guys do travel and stuff like that too because you can and stuff like and, and everything. And, and and you're right, like there's these other it's been weird for me because I always work from home. This is my office is where I am. And there's days where I spend 12, 14 hours here, and then I come up and I'm like, oh, the world's still alive. Great. But not being able to go and not having that control, yeah. my me personally, my stress and anxiety has been yes. up because oh, of that. Everybody I've got I've worked from home for years and I've gotten really good at knowing like right when I wake up, I can feel it. I'm like, oh, today's the day I gotta go work somewhere. I got to yep. get out. I know yep. I'm going to be distracted. Oh, I feel Can't do it right now. And, I, and you're nope. probably in the same boat. And that's a lot of people don't realize that. And that's, that's yeah. an interesting thing. So and um, I hope all the teachers in the chat hear, you know, Jeff's anecdotal, you know, story of his family is true of pretty much every family in the United States and across the world. And just a couple of major things, take whatever you're planning on doing in your classroom instructionally and cut it in half. Um, everyone is absolutely stressed out trying to figure this out. And so I think it is imperative that you, you provide your students and their families a good experience with a very small amount of material. I think that is way more important than completing whatever objective you had planned. You know, you got to remember it's not just today, it's tomorrow and next week and the week after that, like here in Michigan, I mean, we're in, we're in quarantine to the end of April. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, you just, you gotta pace yourself. And then hopefully school administrators are reminding their teachers and not putting pressure on teachers to accomplish the same thing that they would in the classroom, get to the same place, curricularly it's just not going to happen we all need to take a step back and just relax there's enough stress in the world we don't need you know get into chapter 12 and you know fifth grade math to be it yeah um uh i was mentioned here uh good morning faith faith was asking mark how do we get the premium version mark said he's going to post that at some point later he's out running right now Uh, alex had a great point that he he said he would take it one step further and say that it can't be the normal school routine no. because this is, is, is not just a school at home. It's a different nope. type of school. So great Absolutely. point there. Um, faith fall with, there's no such thing as a perfect school. Anyway, I'm still learning that at my house. Uh, I'm with you there, faith. Um, Ray, great, great comment from Ray saying when you make learning optional, it allows students to choose to be learners, which that's a valuable skill there. If you give them the opportunity and they choose to do it, you're learning a lot about, about them and, and, and helping them become, uh, wanting to be learning, right? To, to choose to be learners. Uh, Penny's on. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, Teresa. Uh, Teresa says homeschooled my five kids for five years. This is a reminder of that past life, which was only six years ago. I'm enjoying being uh, home with them again. So I, I think that's another thing is kind of like the positive, like, yes, it's, it is a little extra on me and on my typical schedule with my kids home. And it is interrupting some of my day and stuff. But what I, what I realized over the last two days or so is that Instead of letting it stress me, I'm trying to just like, okay, it's time for Jacqueline to do work. So I'm not working for the next hour or whatever. Right. And I'm just enjoying working with her and watching her mind go and, and, and seeing a light, you know, the light bulb go off when she gets something right. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and just, I'm loving her, you know, their, uh, her, 
um, creative spelling is what her teacher refers to. You know, she's in kindergarten, so it's a lot of creative spelling. So you're looking to see that she sounded out right, and then how they do it is just awesome. Um, so I, I've been trying to enjoy that, enjoying the fact that I'm with my kids. I get to um, see them and more than I normally do, uh, which is great. So looking at the positive things there, I think is is really important during this time. Uh, so you know, that's all important stuff there. So. Uh, so we are here. If you're listening on the, the podcast or watching on YouTube, make sure you jump into the group, teachbettergroup.com or search Teach Better Team on Facebook. These daily drop-ins are happening every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern time, uh, 7 a.m. Central time. Got John Sowash here. John, your website is sowashventures.com, yeah, correct? You yeah. can go, that one just has more of my district uh, level stuff. Okay. So, you know, people want to hire me, car courses. Yeah. Um, so watchventures.com. That's all my yep. business stuff. Um, okay. For teacher stuff, um, I, it's at chromebook.com, C H R M book.com. Yep. Um, if you teach with Chromebooks, I'd love to help uh, you use those Chromebooks creatively and uh, in interesting ways. So, blog regularly. Um, I've got a lesson library up there with uh, a sortable database. So if you have Chromebooks and you teach, you know, fifth grade math, you can go in, pick those subjects and, and grade level, and uh, you'll see what resources I have for that. Um, the Chromebook Classroom Podcast, of course, um, published that. Just uh, had an episode drop yesterday, my uh, monthly 10 links episode. Um, again, focused um, on Chromebooks and then the related tools. So we get into all the Google mm -hmm. suite tools, uh, Google classroom as well, but through the context of, uh, of using Chromebooks and, you know, my mm -hmm. love of Chromebooks, I hope isn't just because I, I like Google. I think Google's a good company, but really it comes down to, I think that the web, the internet is the best platform for learning. And so I want to connect myself to the internet. I believe the mm -hmm. internet is the best operating system. It is infinite. It is, um, it, it fits every problem that you have and, and has a solution yep. there. Um, Google is kind of the framework within the internet, but web-based yeah. tools are what I'm passionate about. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you say. I, I say all the time, I think one of the most, most important things we can teach and one of the best things we can teach kids right now is how to Google. And I don't mean that in just how to use Google, the site, but in central of how to go find information, how to dissect information, how to to find sources and make sure it's valuable information and accurate information, and then use that to to better themselves. So um, I love that. Good morning, Brian. Always awesome to have you on. Brian's Brian's up nice and early with us as well. Um, I know he's a big podcast listener as well, and good to see you in here, Brian. Uh, so my local district here, so they are we are the Google Classroom. Um, district and Chromebooks. Um, we're fortunate where they are. They do have one-on-one -on -one devices for the entire district. So they were able to, uh, lend, lend out Chromebooks mm -hmm. for students to take home. They don't, students don't typically take home the Chromebooks. Um, right. but they were able to do that. So, uh, we have devices here, so we didn't need that, but so many families no, don't necessarily have that. And they were able to, you know, you can drop in and pick it up at any time. They actually went out and purchased more so that if you have any issue, they can just swap it out really quick. Mm -hmm. They've got a tech hotline that they set up specifically awesome. for that. Um, so, so being someone that has that going on in our world, curious, one thing I, I did notice is it, it is we've had Google Classroom for a while, but it wasn't being used. So a lot of them are still using it. So um, from your perspective, sort of, do you have any, and I don't know if I'm making things up for you or not, do you have any sort of like rules or top three tips or something of that nature when it comes to Google Classroom, like things to really keep in mind when you're, maybe you're just getting started, maybe you had to throw things together really quick and right. now you're sort of settled in and now you're figuring out how to, how do I actually use this thing most effectively? Do you have sort of some top level things that you can share with us? 
I do. Yes. Um, been doing a lot of work on this now. One, especially if you are listening, uh, if you are listening to the podcast three years from now, that's good news. It means we all survived. <laughs> um, the tips I'm about to share are very, very specific to using Google Classroom for online instruction. The interesting mm-hmm. thing is the tips I'm about to share are are the opposite of what I typically recommend when you teach in a traditional face-to-face classroom. Okay. So here you go. Number one, you're going to create one class for all your students. So typically I would recommend creating a separate class for each of your sections. Um, because we're all together, like there's no bell schedule. There's no, there's no real reason, um, to keep them separate. And that's going to save you more time, uh, because you don't have to post in multiple classes and look for comments in multiple places as well. Um, so one section, um, and I know that's controversial, but uh, I, I think that will save you time. So one section. Um, number two, you're going to create topics. And typically, I recommend creating topics by unit or chapter or something like that. You're going to create topics by week. So we're going to organize assignments by week. Um, and then I'm going to post all the assignments for that week, typically on Monday. And students will have the entire week to work on that as often as you want. If you have younger mm-hmm. students, maybe you do that, you know, three times. Maybe you post Monday, Wednesday, Friday to break it up a little bit. But we're going to do it by week. Um, and then put all the current week is going to be at the top of your stream and uh, or the uh, classwork page um, and just uh, rotate it that way. Um, then the last thing is uh, I want you to go into your settings for Google Classroom and I want you to disable classwork on the stream. Okay, so in the settings, you'll see an option, disable classwork on the stream. That will force students to go to the classwork page to view the assignments in the order you have put them. Mm, And you're going to use the stream page as your hallway. Okay, so that's where you're going to post fun, non-instructional, how you doing. That's kind of the whole child area. Um, uh, You you need a space for that because you don't have passing time and lunch and recess uh, for that to happen. So I post... Mm -hmm. Um, pictures of my family. I made my kids go outside and paint the playground last week. I put a picture of that in there. Just like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what quarantine looks like for us. What are you guys doing today? What's your favorite Netflix show? How you enjoying the tiger King, you know, posting all that (laughs) stuff, uh, in there. So stream for kind of side conversations, classwork for instruction. So those are three tips. Those are the ones I recommend in my course. Uh, I've got a video on YouTube that goes into further detail on that. If uh, So, so, so curious for my, my, just, just purely me asking a question here. Um, so you have one section, so they're all in one class, right? Um, for, if you have multiple different students that are in your, in a class of yours, but it's your math class versus this class where so Johnny's in this one and John and Susie's in this one, but they're not in the same. They're then able to separate what classwork they need to do based on my classwork feed. Not because right. So yeah, you can separate uh, what they get assigned or. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're asking, really school, now, on the other side, if <laughs> so, you're middle or a high school teacher, you would theoretically just be teaching multiple sections of the exact same subject. So they're just going to go in there. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're a elementary teacher, I would change it a little bit. I would still do one class, but then I would break it down by week, topics by week. And then Mm -hmm. I would do each post would start with English week one and then your English assignments, math week one, and then your math assignments. Um, So I would break it up um, that way. There's just so many details you have to think about because you also have to think about the parent. So I have five kids. 
Um, mm-hmm. So if I have five kids, maybe I got an elementary, middle, and a high school kid, you could theoretically have to manage and monitor 15 different classes and courses between yeah. your, your kids. Um, so we're trying to minimize the clicks for the parent, mm-hmm. for the student, for you, the teacher. Um, simplify, as someone put it in the chat earlier, simplify, just simplify everything to the absolute lowest yeah. <laughs> level you, you possibly can. Gotcha. So I got a question here from, uh, from Verna, who is, and let's see, she's, she teaches first grade and I'm realizing that I need to be better at using Google classroom with them. I have underestimated their ability to navigate it. Any, so we're talking elementary here, first grade. So I've got a kindergarten and a second grader. Um, my second grader does pretty well navigated. He does okay. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten, obviously, it's a whole other, you know, she's still learning to read, write, and things like that. And her motor skills are clicking and stuff. But for for uh, Verna here, she's teaching that that first grade. And it sounds like maybe they're, they're struggling a little bit to navigate it. What, what do you have to say for her, uh, John? What can she do to make that? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think the things you've already said should make that easier. But any tips for how she can to maybe – work with their students and their families to help them navigate better. Yep. Um, I would do the topics by week. Um, clearly, you know, uh, create different assignments for here, your math assignments, your reading assignments, uh, et cetera. Um, I would always put the current topic or the current assignment at the top of the stream so, or uh, the classwork page. So you just drag it. So every time they go in, the assignment's going to be at the very top. So they don't have to scroll to find anything. Um, Google Classroom wants to organize it chronologically. And so you want to make sure that you're always moving the current one mm-hmm. to the top. Um, the third thing that I would do, especially for elementary, although middle high school enjoyed as well, I put a lot of emoji in my Google Classroom. So Google Classroom is very text heavy, which is not great for uh, readers, uh, young readers. And so I <laughs> use emoji, like the same emoji on your phone. I have a Chrome extension that I use. And I'll put a little emoji symbol for each of my topics. And the fun, you get to pick. And so maybe week two is the cat emoji. And so all of the assignments for week two have the cat icon on it. And so it's just a visual distinction. Hey, if you're not looking at a cat thing, you're in the wrong spot. Um, Tim Cavey, I saw do this. Um, He's a Teachers on Fire podcast. I saw him do this in his middle school class. Um, And it just helps always give some uh, visual uniformity add some color as well. Um, and it's fun. So it's fun too. It's engaging cause it's fun there. Uh, Amanda, good morning, Amanda. Amanda is an awesome, uh, teacher down, uh, elementary teacher down in the Southeast Ohio area. She says we use Google classroom every day in my second grade classroom for grid and other activities. And they're amazing at it most days. Um, so that's second grade. She utilizes that. Uh, she's also, a, she's a, a full blown, uh, grid method teacher. So they're, you know, her students are hundred percent mastery based, self-paced, um, and getting in there, I I do I raise raise second that loves the emojis idea. I love the emoji uh, idea. Uh, Mike, I'm thinking of my my kindergarten daughter right now who just love that. Um, so um, interesting there. So let's talk. I had a um, I can't remember where I saw this, but I, I can't remember if it was an article I read or someone asked it or whatever. But when it comes to running things like Google Meet, like so, I'm running a check in with my students. One thing I saw is like. I've got 30 students on on screen that are maybe we're elementary or maybe not, maybe any grade, but they are, you know, I don't have my typical classroom setting to control them management wise. Right. And I'm struggling to deal with the fact that there's 30 kids that all are seeing their friends for the first time a little bit and they want to get their things in, they're goofing around, they're on other tabs, whatever it is. Any tips for 
how do I manage my class when I'm live on, on video with them? If I'm doing a drop in, if I'm doing like a more demeaning optional thing, um, how do I manage that when I don't have my typical in the room eyes and ears available to me? It's tough. Um, it's going to be really hard. Especially at the elementary level, you, you're going to have to rely a little bit on parental support. Um, sure. So um, Google's made some changes to meet and how it works. Teachers do have the ability to mute students. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, certainly asking them they come into the meeting, mute them. Um, they can waive. Now, as another extension that's uh, become popular recently for Google Meet called Nod. So it's a Chrome extension and it'll, it adds in uh, Facebook reaction style symbols to Google Meet. So okay. if you're watching a live stream on Facebook, you can click the heart and the thumbs up and you know, all those buttons. It allow it gives those, uh, puts those into Meet as well. Now, the thing is every student has to have that extension installed in order to use it. Okay. Um, but it's a fun way that students can provide in-lesson feedback without interrupting the flow of the lesson. So gotcha. the teacher can say, hey, I'm going to pause right now and just use your icons on the screen. Give me a okay. thumbs up if you're good. Use a hand raising one um, and then you can call on them. So that would be good. That would be helpful. So that extension is called Nod? It's called Nod. N yeah. Just uh, no, and, yeah, NOD. Mm -hmm. And they would, and I just want to make sure for, for everyone to listen to stuff that you heard. So every, all of your students, everyone on the, on the meet would need to have that. So that'd be something you'd have to instruct them to go through yes. and probably give them pretty good step-by-step -step or maybe even a video tutorial on how to add that Chrome uh, extension on there. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds a great way to do that and to handle it by muting, allow them to use emojis or the yeah. reactions to to interact. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Just wanted to touch on no, that. No, yeah. And the one thing about that extension, you know, what you're naturally going to want to do is start a live lesson and then tell everybody to go install the extension, which yeah. is okay, but it won't work <laughs> because is if it? you start your extension or your uh, meet before the extension's installed, it, it won't be active. So you kind of have to do it before and then. Um, so we have to set that as, a, as the lesson that they need to complete prior to that. Yeah. And, assignment. and that's um, definitely something I think I'd, I'd, obviously for mm -hmm. a lower level, you're going to make sure you get the parents involved with and explaining them what that is. You may even have to give them a little idea of back, uh, back information on what an extension is. Yeah. So now, if you're now Jeff in your situation, because you've got school issued Chromebooks, your school admin would be able to push that extension out for all students. So if it's a okay. situation where you're one-to-one -one with right. a particular device, um, even if it's Windows or Mac <laughs> devices, uh, that could be pushed out um, on behalf of the the teachers and students. The catch is like we don't we actually like for you know us and I know several other a lot of others aren't using the school yep. because we have our own here. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I could see what that that could be super valuable. At least you'd be able to check off anyone who has a. You could tell parents, hey, if you have a school issued device, you don't have to worry about this. It's taken care of for you, which right. is really really cool. Um, and I wasn't aware that you could do that, so that's great. So. So that I think will help with those live lessons. You know, if you're getting 30 kindergartners, 30 first graders in a, in a live session for like a story time or something, unfortunately, um, that's really not the time for a lot of interaction between students, between you and the students. Um, it's really you greeting them, speaking to them and them watching and then maybe using those icons. Now, a couple of things you could do. Uh, you can do um, show and tell. So maybe you pick one student every meeting who does go on camera, turns their mic on and talks to the class um, mm -hmm. and rotate through. Uh, that's a good opportunity. Um, if you do feel it's important to connect individually with your students to have a conversation with them, I'd recommend sending up uh, individual conferences. 
Um, you know, my wife's birthday was yesterday. Um, we had our first lockdown birthday and, uh, <laughs> I tried to do a family hangout, uh, for them. And, you know, it was mostly a disaster. <laughs> I mean, we all saw each other on the camera, but you can't have a conversation. Like you, it's really hard to have that natural flow of conversation when you got 10, 20, my goodness, 30 kids. It's just not going to happen. So again, lower your expectations back down what you would uh, normally do. I'd rather have you a good experience doing one very specific thing than be frustrated. That didn't work the way you wanted. We, um, my, my son went on his first one, she ran it. They, they typically do a morning meeting. So she prefaced it, ran it like a morning meeting. Uh, they were all muted when she got on and she actually gave them, they all had an opportunity to, um, to come on camera and actually share. They were sharing something very, very simple and easy. Um, but she ran it very well. I think based on, she lowered her expectation. It was more about the kids just getting to see each other and see her than anything else. Um, which was really, you know, crucial, you know, um, our son actually a few days or a week before had said that he missed his teacher's face. So like, that's just what he needed. Right. Yep. Uh, and it was funny cause I could tell she had got off cause he started talking a lot more and laughing. And I went back and like just him and three of his classmates had just stayed on for another like 15 minutes, just <laughs> engaging. It was just a really, you know, good time for them or whatever. So she, I, I think that's the, the key is that lower that expectation, giving yourself and your students some grace. Right. Yep. Cause kids, kids have a good time at that age. Like they get a little crazy when you put them on camera anytime. I mean, just in general, when I'm traveling and I get a, I do a video call with my kids, there's no, like, I miss you. It's them, like, seeing how close they can get their mouth to the camera and stuff, right? So, I mean, you're trying to bring that in, you add 30, right? And they haven't seen each other. So, I think that's that's some great things. I really love that uh, that add-on, the extension with the emojis and stuff, too, is really great. Um, I do want to mention real quick, and then I'm going to I'm gonna get us off, let you let you get back to, to your life. Um, one of the things that you do... Uh, and I believe you have several courses on this is the Google, Google certification. Um, That's correct. Uh, and you do your, your Google summit in November, correct? Mm-hmm. In Michigan. Um, yeah. but so, you know, right now, you know, you may or may not. And if I'm, if I'm speaking to you and you're hearing this and you're like, you're crazy, Jeff, my schedule, my life is crazy right now. This isn't for you. If you're someone who feels like they do have a little bit of time, extra time on their hands right now, because you can't go places. Um, because maybe your your schedule is allowing you to move a little bit different and <clears throat> you might not have there's two of you at home you might not have as much uh, uh time being pulled from you or whatever if you have a little bit of extra time i think john's courses are phenomenal if you're if you're like hey maybe i'll do some professional growth right now i'll go get my, my certification with google a great time to do that i, I do want to recommend john's courses on that to help you get prepared for that um the address for your your courses is it the same or is it a specific one Yes. Um, so my online courses, you can check those out at chrmbook.com slash courses. Um, right now, my Google Classroom course is open and my Google Forms course. I have a, a very in-depth Google Forms masterclass okay. um, that will open up here in the next uh, week or so. If you're looking at doing assessment um, virtually, that Google Forms course will be a, a useful one to talk about um, cheating and, you know, moving beyond multiple choice questions, uh, things like that. Um, if you're interested in the Google certification stuff, um, that is much more intense. Uh, I typically run those primarily in the summer. So as the school year winds down now I'm ramping that up. So if you're interested, you can get information. Um, uh, I have a a specific website for that. It's a G educator.com, uh, G educator.com. And uh, you'll see that I have a free certification guide, 
being a Google certified educator has changed my career. Um, I did it way back in 2008, nine, something like that. Um, and, uh, it's been the best professional learning experience that I've ever had. Um, you know, a lot of you are getting a crash course anyways. You may be surprised <laughs> that you're not that far off. Um, mm -hmm. learning all of this out of necessity, you might as well get a certification uh, to go with it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so that's awesome. So check out, make sure, make sure you're following, following John, connecting with them. Uh, the Twitter handle be, or best place to follow you is it Twitter, Instagram. Where's your preferred? Yeah. Wherever, wherever you like, I try to be, uh, in all the places. Um, Jr. Sowash is my, uh, username, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, yeah, wherever you're, wherever you like to hang out, uh, Jr. Sowash. Um, and then, uh, I run the Chromebook classroom, Facebook page. Um, I don't, really use my personal one for education stuff. But if you're interested in Chromebook related tips, tricks, um, Chromebook classroom on Facebook. Yep. Uh, and that's a great, a great group. Your YouTube channel is phenomenal for, for learning as well. So I, I really encourage you if you are listening, watching, uh, to, to connect with John and, and, uh, just consume the content he's got. I think it's super valuable for it all the time, but even more so right now in the state of things. So, uh, really appreciate you coming on. If you're listening to the podcast or watching this on YouTube, please, uh, come join us in the group here, teachbettergroup.com or uh, Teach Better Team. Just search us on uh, Facebook. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central. Actually, Chad will be tomorrow morning, and I believe he's got uh, the one and only Mark Heller coming in to drop in as well. These are continuing every Monday through Friday until you tell us to stop doing them, and we're going to continue to try to have some awesome folks come in like John and join us and, and share their knowledge and stuff as well. Um uh, Brian, Brian says solid practical tactical tips by John for, for, uh, Google classroom today. Appreciate that. Thank you everyone for, for jumping in. Um, Kimberly says she's definitely interested in that, uh, the certification. So reach out Kimberly and, and, and see, see, just bug them. John's giving permission. You can bug them. Uh, <laughs> definitely check out the podcast too. I think the podcast is, is, is super, I know we mentioned it, but I didn't really harp on it as much as the other things. Your podcast is just a great throw it in your ears and learn. Um, and get the tips and stuff like that. So and I know you said you just put out the new pot, uh, the new episode yesterday. Yep. So that's a great one. Uh, so have an awesome day, everyone. Thank you so much for, for chiming in. If you commented, uh, if you're listening on podcasts, uh, appreciate you. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and, and like it and all that good stuff. And then go find John's channel and do the same there. Appreciate all of you. Have an awesome uh, rest of your day. Have an awesome rest of your week. And make sure you relax a little bit this uh, weekend. You are definitely earning that right now. Sure. So we appreciate everything you're doing. Have a good day, guys.